What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Pixel Splitters. As always, we are your hosts. My name is Willis. My name is Josh. And this is the podcast where us two guys sit down and talk about all things TV, movies, video tech, and honestly, really anything else we want to talk about over the course of the, the time. Yeah. Um, so we got uh, we got quite a lineup coming at you today. Um the first thing we're going to talk about today is video game adaptations in the movies and why they're, I'll say, less successful than some other things. Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll leave it like that and get into it. <laughs> uh, secondly, we're going to follow that up with uh, a conversation about uh, actor salaries and I guess really anybody's salaries uh, in a streaming world um, and how that works when you don't have... Uh, a box office to base it off of. Yeah. Um, then when we get into some tech news, we're going to talk about the possible probable end of DSLRs and what that means uh, in the Sony world in the Canon world in uh, the camera world in general. Um, and then of course we would be remiss if we didn't talk about all the insanity that's going on right now with the Hollywood foreign press association and the golden globes. Yeah, it's some messy business going on right now. Yeah, so we got a, quite the lineup today. Um, yeah, how you doing, Josh? I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good, man. Not 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 too bad. There's some, yeah. There's some absolutely insane stuff going on this week. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we started out being like, "Oh, this is kind of a quiet week. Like, what are we going to oh, yeah. talk about?" And then all of a sudden, I guess not all of a sudden, but things presented themselves. Exactly. Things just started to pop up. Um, and it's a good thing because we have a podcast all about that stuff. So yeah. I'm, gl- so I'm glad we can things talk started about to it. pop up. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, well, yeah, let's start off with, with some video game adaptation, uh, some video game adaptation movie news here. So a couple weeks ago, uh, HBO Max released um, – the, the newest Mortal Kombat adaptation, which is the third one, if I'm not mistaken, right? I think yes. there's two others. So there's in the, 90s. the original 90s Mortal Kombat, and then there's Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh, God. And then <laughs> the only other qualifier I'll make is I want to say in like 2010 or 11, there was like a YouTube series that was like supposedly a reboot of it that ended up being pretty good, but I don't know if you can count it as like a legitimate Mortal Kombat uh series or thing i mean it's an adaptation so i guess i guess i'll count that yeah. um, but it wasn't so i guess the only thing that the reason why i guess i wouldn't 100 percent count that is because what we're talking about today specifically has to do with bigger film studios and yes. why why the heck they can't seem to get a lot of this stuff right especially when there's really strong source material and a huge fan base behind a lot of these uh huge properties yeah especially for video games um so you you saw we both saw Mortal Kombat right yes what uh what did you think about it well first of all what did you what were your thoughts going in what were your expectations and then what did you come out of it thinking so going into it I was kind of torn 
in my I, I do have a special place in my heart for the original Mortal Kombat uh, from the 90s. Um, it's not a good movie. I don't like I don't think anyone would claim it's a great movie, a great like bastion of film, but uh, it it has that kind of nostalgia to it. Um, So coming in, I was like, okay, like this is going to be cool. And I brought up the YouTube series because I actually really, really like that YouTube series. And I was like, all right, I feel like maybe Warner Brothers has been like, hey, like this was a proof of concept. And now we can take our steps to make like actual legitimate um Mortal Kombat movie. That being said, uh, I liked the new one, um, but I didn't really realize that I liked it until about two thirds of the way through. Mm. Okay. And the reason I'll say that is because I kept waiting for them. And I guess spoilers warning here. Um, Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen the new Mortal Kombat, hit pause, go, go watch, watch it. it immediately, and then come back. Uh, we'll do a spoiler pause here. We'll make a little jingle. Yeah, yeah. Um, my thing, so what I was saying is I didn't really realize that I was like, like it until two-thirds of the way because I spent most of it waiting for them to get to Mortal Kombat. Yes, yeah. I was like, okay, cool, yeah, here's some like baseline setup uh fights that you know are going to be cool but then we're going to get to mortal Kombat, and it's going to be like a throwdown and um and um yeah they never they never get to mortal Kombat. no which could be a strategic move so that they can literally just set themselves well we have to make another one now like we didn't even get to the reason that we call you know we made this in the first place perhaps which Um, i want to talk about video game movies (laughs) but like that is one of my biggest like pet peeves is like when people when series or shows or movies or whatever are like okay here's like a setup for the next film and i'm like you have no promise that there'll be a next film if you spend narcissistic if you spend the whole movie setting up the next film, it's not going to make any money. And then you're going to not have a next film, which I could go on and on about that. But like, that's one of those things that I think is a kind of a reoccurring theme when you talk about video game movies, because like inherently with video games, well, with more modern video games, I'll say um, there's a huge story. The stories in these games are massive. Oh, yeah. And so, like, the ability to, like, pull them all into one, you know, 120-minute film is is tough. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. I, I, let me just get right into the, my whole thing about yes, video go. game adaptations. Because I, oh, well, first of all, I, pretty much the same as you, I thought, the, the film was fine. I The only thing that really stood out to me was the ice VFX mm-hmm. with Sub-Zero. I thought those were awesome. Yeah. Other than that, I was like, okay. this Sub-Zero is- was a pretty menacing villain in that. Oh, he was badass. Yeah. It was really cool. And some of the fatalities also, I'm not going to say anything about them, but they, some of them were really, yeah, they were well done and they, they, they gave me that feeling that I wanted to feel within a Mortal Kombat yeah, movie. Yeah, absolutely. I just wish that I had been like, oh, okay, wait, no, we're this is these are the fights that we're getting into. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now that being said, so basically, some to sum it up, it wasn't overly successful at doing what it was supposed to do, which was just be a, a decent enough movie to make us want to come back again. I yeah. assume because this wasn't really a Mortal Kombat movie, um, and uh, there have been so many attempts at adapting all sorts of video games over to the big screen whether it's like random side scrollers like super mario brothers or like mortal Kombat, where it doesn't seem like there would be much of a story there if you've only played bits and pieces of the games but then they have ones that have crazy lore like assassin's creed silent hill yeah uh and they still can't seem to make it work all that much well let's start here let's oh i guess we've already started but let's let's go here (laughs) do you have a video game movie that you can think of that you're like that was pretty successful the only one and this is because it's so loosely based well the story itself isn't based on the story of the video game but the only one is detective pikachu really yes for me that that kind of and that was because it was it wasn't just a, a retelling of the Pokemon story. Yeah. Like your journey through it, which wouldn't really make that much sense. I mean, they did it with the, the old school cartoons, but, you know, but that was yeah. a different thing. It was a whole different thing. Um, well, and it existed in kind of like a different world. It's like it yeah. was it was much like darker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I, I wanted to start there because like the, the thing I sort of think about with these is like. I feel like there's a divide in video game movies of ones that are trying to tell the same story as the video game Mm -hmm. and ones that are either based on a video game that doesn't really have a story or are like completely separate from what's going on there. And I think detective Pikachu is like, like that, like there's no detective, um, aspect of a of a pokemon game right uh when we were talking about this before before we got on the air um i uh i had mentioned sonic the hedgehog um, yeah which i watched the other day which is <laughs> fine um <laughs> but it wasn't bad bad it wasn't bad bad it was middle of the road um mm-hmm. but it's, it's same kind of vibe of uh not based on anything that's going on in the storyline of Sonic. Right. You know, they, they kind of dip out of that whole world and come to earth right in the beginning. And it's a whole story about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was fine. And the one that I have in my head that I think is actually a pretty decent movie um, that's based on a video game is Rampage uh, with the rock. Rampage is, is a solid movie. It's a solid action movie. Um, I am a fan of movies with giant monkeys, so like that might be a qualifier in front of this. <laughs> but the thing with Rampage, if you've played the game, like the scroller is like, yes, giant monkey, giant wolf, giant lizard, destroy cities. Like that's literally the point of the game is to destroy cities. So it's like right. there's no deeper really story to get into there and the movie doesn't try to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of says here's a little bit of a background that makes sense and makes sense why the rock is involved in all of this. And I'm saying makes sense with quotation marks, but like, right. Um, you know, that's, it's not trying to, to dig deep into like a lore or a storyline. Right. 
And I don't know if there's a line that can be drawn there where it's like, do you just go after properties like that yeah. and say, you know, let's get something that's so surface level that we can do whatever the hell we want with it. Or because I think it either has to be something like that or you're grabbing onto a property that's so heavy with story and yeah. like rich story that you can grab onto uh, that you just take that and make it a movie. Because otherwise yeah. you have the, you you run this weird line of finding games that are too basic of a story to make it into an interesting mm -hmm. movie because the games themselves are participatory. Like you can't just if you were just watching this out, it probably wouldn't be entertaining. It's yeah. the fact that you're going through it physically with the you know as the character. And I would like to qualify that Rampage does not have an in-depth story, but yeah, but yes, continue. <laughs> right, right, but that's but that's what I'm saying. Like it, it either has to be a like a a game like that which is basically just like you said they they took a, a really simple concept and built off of it yeah and i'm trying to think of another game that would be like that really um i mean sonic i guess but like sonic kind of mario kind of mario has its own yeah, lore and like the the super mario movie is kind of like the og terrible video game movie yeah. Um, but that may also have been part of the times. Like, you know, that was a different time right. period of making movies. And I don't think they really knew what they were getting into. Yeah. And video games weren't not as big as they are. I mean, they were big, but they weren't like yeah. what they are now. Yeah. VFX wasn't as good. Like they weren't throwing money into stuff like this. It came out like 93, yeah. um, you know. Which is why I think at this point in time, there needs to be... I was just talking to my roommate about this two nights ago. Why haven't we seen... There are properties where if you wanted to make a really good video game movie and it's based on like a, the lore and you know the plot of the actual mm -hmm. game, there are games that you can do that with. But I don't understand why they keep choosing these games. And also, filmmakers who don't really either are really green and don't know what they're doing mm -hmm. or they're just not the right fit. Mm -hmm. Cause <laughs> like the resident evil movies are what? Like, yeah. Paul W S Anderson, I think mm -hmm. for all of them. And I actually enjoy one or two of those for what they are. Yeah. But they don't do this, the serious justice at all. Yeah. It, and like, so I think the interesting thing to sort of, look at in this is like the way I've always thought about it is when you get into those properties that are too large for like a movie, you know, when you talk about like um, Warcraft or Assassin's Creed and honestly to a point, the ones that are more open world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like you kind of just wander around and do your thing. If you want to follow the story, that's fine. Mm hmm. For me, when you get into those properties, it becomes a different conversation because you're saying, hey, here's a property that you're used to being heavily interactive with. Yes. And for the next two hours, two and a half hours, you have to be in this world, but take a passive role and just follow where we take you, which I think can be hard for fans. Like, you know, I like with Assassin's Creed, especially it's like. You know, yes, it's kind of a different storyline than any of the Assassin's Creed like films, but like, yeah, 
you know, like you kind of want to just go wander around and see like what's going on in that square and what's going on here, you know. Right. Um, But you have to follow Michael Fassbender as he goes jumping off stuff. Um, Right. Which I think is like an interesting thing. And also like there's a whole other side of this of and I don't think we should get too deep into it because it's going the other (laughs) direction. But like movies that are made into video games um and like where those are effective and not effective um the one i have Mm. in my head is spider-man which is you know kind of a weird example but right and then you just made me think of star wars battlefront too Mm -hmm. yeah that's a that's a whole other or there was uh the the lord of the rings video game as well um yeah those weren't that was great yeah, those weren't that yeah. bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is not to say there's not bad video games based on movie. I remember playing uh, the Fight Club video game. Oh, um, God. Which took me, I think, all of 45 minutes to beat the entire game. Was uh, it a $60 game? No, it was, it was, it's older. It was for, I want to say, like original Xbox or Xbox 360, maybe. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it was clearly made just because the movie came out and like, it's like you fight Jared Leto, you fight Meatloaf, and then you fight Tyler Durden, and then the game <laughs> ends. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, but, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, oh. So, yeah, we're we're getting off topic. But, like, <laughs> I feel like that's, that's the big thing for me is uh, they're trying to cram a story into, like, how many times have you played a video game and you know exactly what the story is? And you're like, ah, I'm going to go do something else. Oh, yeah. Most of the time I replay like campaigns of video games. It's because of that. And that's, I think, at least when you're looking at like gamers going to see video game movies is like that's a hard pull because it's like, well, or I could just go home and play the game. Right. And probably have a more enjoyable time because that's really how it was supposed supposed to be like uh, consumed. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's something that you have to actively engage with for it to work and there's like certain properties like halo where i think that's a perfect thing and i don't know why anyone has or i don't well they've done certain tiny things but i'll see if i can find an article but like halo is steeped in controversy about microsoft trying to woo hollywood into making this movie like uh but they shoot so it's the perfect series this or is, the perfect I know film. this is so this is a sidebar but like I I don't remember exactly when it was but there was one point when Microsoft was like we're going to make a Halo movie and they marched one copy of the script to each individual studio mm-hmm. with like an arm not armed but like with a full on like Master Chief like soldier like going with the (laughs) script and like the dude stood in the office and you had to read the script while you were there and then they took the script back and then like we're gonna have this whole thing of like a bidding war of just like microsoft is coming to hollywood we're gonna take over and it didn't work nobody wanted it and it was like this whole thing but well that's uh that's not the right approach to doing something like that (laughs) that's the microsoft way microsoft should completely stay out of it at all costs, it should just get handed over to a filmmaker who knows what they're doing and a writer who knows what they're doing and just do something cool with it. That's do think, hilarious. Do you think that's where like a lot of the problems with this come in of studio interference? Because they're like these are notable like properties. Yeah, I mean, there's not 
when it's owned by a corporation like that, and I don't know who what the property of Halo is owned by, but I know Bungie was owned by Microsoft, and then it kind of went away, and now it's back, sort of. So I think like if if it's still if it's a Microsoft property, hell yeah, that's the issue. Like they're not yeah. letting that. That's their baby. That's like the reason people buy Xboxes is Halo. Well, so and to like, to bring it back around, it's like that's the thing with Warner Brothers and Mortal Kombat is. Yeah. You know, there's people at Warner Brothers going, oh, hey, no, this is going to be a multi film franchise. We're going to turn this into a series of films. We're going to turn this into like, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And yep, like I feel like watching Mortal Kombat, you can uh, see studio fingertip fingerprints all over it. A hundred percent, which is why it wasn't like when you see a movie that comes out out of Hollywood that's unpolished and I would say this felt unpolished there's mm-hmm. aspects of it that I'm like this you could have done another another take on this you know yeah <laughs> there's and so I feel like a lot of that comes down to studio meddling because mm-hmm. filmmakers are so meticulous when it comes to their craft and yeah. what they put their names on nobody wants to put out a garbage movie man that's yeah. just not how it works so it's got to be the studios going like no we, we can't have that we need it we know what's best you know take this put this over here do this and you know be yeah. done with it so and there were a few things and I don't know if this is going to be studio meddling or like script edits which I guess would qualify as studio meddling but could be yeah there were more than a few things in that Mortal Kombat movie that are I was like this is like a half idea then I think you just cut part of it out. Um, right. Like the whole thing with them finding their powers and things like that was like yeah. a cool character development thing for Kano. Sidebar, Kano was absolutely the best part of that movie. Yeah. Um, but perfect. Uh, at just like absolutely like one of those like performances that you're like, you know what? I know this is going to be a bad movie, but I'm going to like knock this out of the park. Um. But uh, so there's the whole thing with him, like discovering his eye laser thing. Um, mm-hmm. But then like you you get the same thing with Jax where it kind of just like beefs up his mechanical arms. Right. Which made me go like, wait, mechanic, like magic can affect machines like that seems like a how do we get Jax his arms kind of like how is that yeah. his power that's not a power yeah like, that's, that's just, just like, magic <laughs> like and like for a split second in my brain i was like are they gonna like step up what like what Jax is you know what i mean right. which would be cool you know what i mean yeah. like if they took a bunch of these standard characters and took them to like another level yeah that would be interesting but would be have to be done very delicately right yeah. And it seemed like they were going there and they didn't even do either. So it was like yeah. <laughs> they didn't and then make they were like, oh, better. And yeah, then they were like, oh, maybe we'll do this in the next movie. Right. But. And it's like, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. Next movie. That's very, very. That's bold. That's a bold assumption. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. it'll happen because like. Probably. <sighs> a lot of fucking people saw that movie. Man. Yeah. Like that's the thing is like. Mortal Kombat is like it's still Mortal Kombat like I don't know when there was the last Mortal Kombat game was I'm sure it wasn't that long ago but like I certainly haven't played it I have no idea but like I'm like I'm going to see a Mortal Kombat movie like even if it's terrible because it's expected to be terrible 
Right. Yeah. Like nobody thought this was really going to be that good. Yeah. Like I went in being like this, judging from the trailers, it's not going to like the trailers didn't blow me away. Mm-hmm. I was like, at least I was hoping for some cool VFX. Yeah. They were, I'd say like half of them were really cool. And then half of them were like half baked. Um, but yeah, nobody, given the track record of Mortal Kombat, no one in their right mind is going to go to a Mortal Kombat movie and go, this is going to be. <laughs> it's going to be a out plus. of the park. Yeah. Oscar nominations, so you know it knows what it, it it definitely knows what it is. Yeah, like, and I can let respect me, that. Let me ask you one more question before we before we move on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Would you be down if Warner Brothers took? Ooh, and it's weirder now that it's Warner Brothers, but like, would you be down if Warner Brothers took a like Avengers style approach to this, and we got a Johnny Cage movie, and we got a Scorpion movie, and we got a Goro movie and we got a I don't know whatever and then they did Mortal Kombat uh, I would be interested I think it would have to be done delicately and it would have to be done really really well done for people to stick around for that many movies Yeah, like I- I'm always down for that because I think this movie did suffer from a lot of that Oh, exposition, exposition, exposition. Yeah. And we're not really getting to know any of these people. And oh, half of them are dead now. So it's like, uh, okay. You know, we didn't really learn much about anyone. Like, you know, yeah. Cole's family d- doesn't really exist. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I would have loved to see more of that. So I, I would be okay with it to a point, but I don't think they could do it right. It would be tough because it would have to be very specific characters. Yeah. Cause could I'm be every like, single one. yeah. Cause I'm like, uh, Kano film fuck Ooh. yeah I'm down for that that would be a oh, noob yeah, cybot film no I'm good no no hell no. <laughs> like you know what I mean like, <laughs> yeah. and it's like you know noob cybot would be the Hawkeye of the uh, Mortal Kombat universe but like right uh, you know there's certain it, like it would be delicate and it'd be tough and it's it's tough because I feel like with Mortal Kombat like a lot of the most popular characters these days at least and I may be talking on my ass here, but a lot of the most popular characters these days are not like the main, main characters of Mortal Kombat. Right. You know what I mean? Like how many times have you played Johnny Cage or Sonya? I always play like, Sonya, but like, I was going to say, I ha- I could say, yeah, a, a handful. <laughs> yeah. You know like I mean? out of like, the, the times I've played Mortal Kombat, a handful perhaps. Yeah. But, so like my interest is more in the, the more peripheral characters. And I think that's, um, problematic it is but they they just would have to do it very tactfully and i don't know if they could but it would be i'm always down for more of this stuff like i i I think keep taking cracks at it until you get something right because it's got something's got to click at some point and we're getting closer like the the leaps and bounds we've made in terms of technology filmmaking and vfx yeah it's all get, we're all there. So like we just need good writers and good filmmakers on this shit and it'll be awesome. Yeah. Like things look less amazing these days. Exactly. And less studio interference, which I think I don't know for sure, but I think the Zack Snyder thing is starting to turn people's heads more about that. Cuz like yeah. That was unprecedented. They made yeah. two versions of the same fucking movie. Yeah. That doesn't for that's never happened money. for a lot of money. And released it only on a streaming platform. That is telling, that's just like, I trust you 100%, do it. Go for it. Do yeah, it now. Totally. <laughs> like, so, 
So I, speaking uh, of making two of the exact same movie and releasing it on a streaming platform. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a, uh, a segue for you. Um, that's unfair. I, so we're talking about a quiet place too here now. Um, and yes. that's unfair because I haven't seen a quiet place too. I don't think anyone has, it hasn't come out yet. Uh, no. and I don't know that it's the same movie. Um, but who knows? You can only do so much in, in a world like that. I'm hoping that, yeah, I'm hoping that it's not just a rehash. Well, and it's kind but, of like an origin kind of thing, which, um, I'm down for. Yeah, um, what do you think of the first Quiet Place? I I enjoyed it. I thought that the cinematography was awesome. Mm-hmm. I thought the sound design was awesome. I thought the story was uh, fine, a little basic at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought Krasinski, Emily Blunt, and all the kids did awesome. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a little short, but I was kind of okay with that. Um, but I kind of liked it as this standalone thing, and was a yeah. little bummed when I heard they were making a sequel. But yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, you? I'm on board. I, I like to quiet place. Um, I, I think Krasinski is a, a pretty talented um, director and especially when yeah. he's directing his wife. Uh, you know, there's there's a level of built in intimacy there. Um, oh, hell yeah. The second one, I'm kind of like, OK, so it's a prequel. It's like how these monsters came to Earth or whatever. Um I'm hoping there's a level to which it cleans up some of the plot holes in the, in the first one though. I like, I don't like saying that because uh, I didn't notice, I didn't like notice any of the plot holes until like they were pointed out to me afterwards uh, Mm. from the first one Yeah, of like, Oh, if you're so worried about having the baby, like why not have the baby near the waterfall where you can talk like things like that. Getting pregnant in a fucking come on guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's that whole thing. Um, but yeah, like so I, I'm I'm excited for it. I remember being excited for it last year, um, but it got COVID it did. Yeah, um, I wonder like my excitement was higher than it was, and I think it was because we had the oh my god, it's coming out. Oh no, it's not. Oh my god, it's coming out. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it's not. So now I'm like it okay. Yeah. It's coming out. Like it, it was one of <laughs> those that it. they were like, oh, we'll push it like a month. Oh, we'll push it two yep. months. Oh, we'll, and then yeah. Um so the the big question around this though is uh it's coming directly to uh to streaming, right? It is actually, hold on. I th- no, no, it's not it's not going directly to streaming. It's doing the whole um release for 45 days and then go to streaming. Right. Right. So it's, it's run has been cut in, in half, half or less than half. Cause sometimes like what they'll do is they'll do 90 days or what they used to do was 90 days. And then if it was doing awesome, which sometimes did, I mean, we, I've seen movies in theaters and obviously 10 or so years ago, it was way longer, but for, for like a year or more. And they used to, movies used to run for years in the theaters. I mean, um, the one I have in my head, oh, this is going to date me now, but uh, I worked in a movie theater when my big fat Greek wedding came out. Nice. And that movie was in theaters, I swear to God, for about 10 months. Oh, my God. With like people coming to see it for every showing. I don't I've never heard of anything like that. But like, yeah. So like that's a lot like they'll run and run and run. But now we're hitting the point where they're saying like, OK, we have to go to theaters. 
but right. like we're only going to give you 45 days versus 90 days. Right. And the big concern around this becomes when actors, directors, producers, etc., negotiate their contracts for a film or whatnot, um, a lot of times they'll they'll make arrangements for points on the back end, meaning that after, you know, the film remakes its money or whatever, they'll get one, two, five, ten, not ten would be excessive, but like a percentage of of the profits. So depending on how if the film does really well, they're gonna they're set to make more money than if it completely flops, which is, you know, a good way to sort of deter the cost of actual productions of saying like Oh, yeah. well, you know, if you get five points on the back end, we don't have to pay you as much up front because you think you're going to make that money or you have the potential to make that money in the future. Um, yeah. When you get into streaming and things like that, those box office numbers aren't there. So this is like the concern with, uh, you know, doing the 45 days, but also with Warner Brothers releasing their entire 2021 catalog directly to HBO max. It's like that cuts into the numbers and cuts into the profits. hundred percent. And I don't know, like in, in the day and age where we're having billion dollar movies come out every few years or we were, mm-hmm. it was a sure thing. Like you could, if you were in a Marvel property movie or a star Wars movie, like yeah. you, you have no issue taking points on the back end because you know, you're going to make a Absolutely. ton more money yeah. that way. But now, I mean, black widow is a good example. I'm wondering what Scarlett Johansson, I'm sure she probably doesn't care that much, but you know, just in terms of what's going on, I wonder what her percentage is going to be like, yeah. Because I bet you a lot of people aren't going to go to the theaters to see Black Widow if they don't have to. Like, yeah. I, I just don't think that that many people want to go see that movie. Um, and it's interesting because yeah. we're like, we're sort of pulling into new uncharted territory with this kind of stuff. Like, of this is not something that in any real capacity Hollywood or studios or actors or directors have had to deal with in the past. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, it's like it's it's kind of the 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 jump from theaters to streaming is like I don't want to like give it the analogous of like silent movies to to talkies um, or or like black and white to color or like uh, film projection to digital projection, things like that. But like there's it's a similar shift in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I mean, people have been saying theaters are dead for, for generations now, but like it's not something that they've had to approach with a, you know, in the contract phase. Totally. And, and it's weird because I don't, it's going to be a long time before I think theaters die officially because I think, Oh yeah. For a long time, there's going to be people like us and even more hardcore theater people who go like two, three, four times a week who who just you know they're gonna go to the movie theater as many like as long as there's a theater to go to we're gonna go to one yeah um but that's not the majority of people and the majority of people especially during uh 2020 learned that it's so much cheaper and easier to sit sit at home and do this stuff right from your couch especially if you don't care about the theater experience yeah like there's some movies that just i don't really like a quiet place too i don't 
really care to see that in a theater. I will see it in a theater, but yeah. I'm not, I don't really care all that much to see that in a theater. And I feel like a lot of people might be in that same boat. Um, well, and the interesting thing with that is like, okay, so we're talking about like, I'm not going to see it in the theater. I'm going to see it in on Netflix or on HBO max or whatever. Yeah. That's like a similar kind of thing that we've been dealing with of, Hey, like, I'm not going to go see this in theater. I'm going to rent it on DVD. You know, like that's what we were getting mm. in like the early two thousands and things like that. Um, and like studios figured it out, like DVD sales ended up being like a huge benefit to like every movie, because even if a movie didn't do well in the box office, they could make up that like loss, but through DVD sales. True. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, I feel like we're in that like, early stage of like this is something new and terrifying like what no we're not gonna pay you what are you talking about right but like there'll be a, a level to which it kind of we f we find our way and theaters still have their theater deal but then there's like oh yeah well no i get streaming points on this or something like like it'll become part of the vernacular Oh, absolutely. This is just this is just something that they're going to have to work through. But I I wonder what the metrics going to be. Like you you're not going to be able to do it that way really because you could have 20 people watch the movie at the same time. Yeah. In your living room. And I've heard about this crazy thing where they're going to try it like I don't know who I I've read some I heard some article that was just like, "Oh, they're going to require you to have your cameras on so that they can count the people in the room and charge per head." I heard like some weird what? That was like some some weird article that I read oh, somewhere. God. It was it wasn't specified to any like studio or anything, but that was something that I was like, "Oh shit. That that could happen." Yeah. Um but they're not getting like the you could have yeah, 20, 30 people watch it in your living room if you wanted to. And, but that's not going to equate to numbers. It's not even going to show like, oh, 20 people watched it. It'll be like, oh, one household viewed yeah. it. So I wonder how that's going to work out. That's just going to make the subscription prices rise, I'd assume. Well, it, it begs the question is like, yeah, exactly. Is like, is Warner Brothers going to go, well, okay, that's a bad example. Is uh, Sony going to go, hey, Netflix, you know, if you want to stream our movies like it costs more for you to get those from us you know so like we're making up what we are potentially losing from box office but even saying that out loud that like is problematic because in that scenario that i just laid out sony has the power which is just not true like the streaming giants right. at this point are the ones that are in the power position of like yeah okay cool like if you don't want to pay us if we if you don't want to accept what we want to pay for these movies that's fine no one will see your movies right which is tough it is and i think that this whole situation is just the beginning of something huge um and i i think they're totally rightfully right to get pissed off about this because they probably chose to take points on this movie, not that either of them need more money, but like, uh, you know, they took points on this because they thought it was going to make a certain, because it was definitely going to make a certain amount. Yeah. And now it's not, it's now it's definitely not going to make even half that. Probably. Well, and that's, we're in this like tail end thing of like all of these contracts that were made pre COVID and pre like this major shift to streaming. Yeah. That's like, oh, well that's not how it's going to work anymore. 
And right, like, you right. know, like a year from now, people will be like, yeah, no, I'm like, what are you talking? Like points in the box office. Sure. Like give me 30 of them and maybe I'll think about it, you know? Right. Right. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. We'll have to keep an eye on that because I'm yeah. sure that's going to, because again, it was so easy to count on billion dollar movies just two years ago. And yeah. now you can't really do that anymore. Yeah. So. Well, so I think it's still good to count on billion dollar movies. You can't count on the like hundred million dollar movies. Oh, okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Cause like Avengers, everybody's still going to go see Avengers in the, in the theater. Yeah. You know. Right, but when's there going to be another Avengers? Well, okay, fine. Thor: Love and Thunder, <laughs> or Doctor Strange of the Multiverse. True, don't, true. don't bring don't bring <laughs> Disney technicalities uh. to me here. Um, uh. I don't have a good segue here. I was I was gonna try and bring us around back to like, oh yeah, our theater's dead, and then I was gonna be like, our DSLR's dead. Well, Question it would have been a good one. It would have, but then the conversation didn't go there. Yeah. So now I just have awkwardly brought it up. It's okay. That's the segue, guys. Here we are. Here Our we are. DSLRs dead. So this is this question is kind of coming off the the news that Sony has over the past couple. Actually, I think it was just early last week they removed. All of the remaining DSLTs, which is just their DSLRs, basically it's a single lens reflex, but the mirror doesn't move; it's translucent. I didn't know that. That was the A series. I didn't know that was part of their thing. But that's the most Sony but they thing removed, I've ever heard. I know, <laughs> but they got rid of the rest of their A mount DSLR cameras from their site. And the reason that I thought this was really telling is because Sony, for the last five years. Or more than that, actually. When did they sixty six thousand came out in like, like twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen? Yeah. So for yeah, eight years almost, they've been dragging the other camera companies along with them to this mirrorless stuff. You know, going, going all all over the place with with the new technology that they've brought up, the the better eye autofocus, and so now. I feel like this signifies the the end of an era for cameras. Like I think this is. I, yeah. I can only assume the others are going to follow suit after this. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think about that? I, I mean, I think there's a level to which it's like precedent of like, yeah. you know, then the next year or so we're going to be like, see Sony go like, look, we canceled all our DSLRs and didn't take a hit from it. Yeah. Um, I think nobody could have done it, but Sony. Um, oh Yeah. You know, uh, like Sony, their A-mount stuff is like, I mean, how many people do know that have an A-mount camera? I don't think I've ever Zero. met anyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I, I think I met one guy once that was like, yeah, I love it. And I was like, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it's great, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was great 10 years ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so like Sony has been mirrorless for the longest time. And yeah. You know, they don't really have that flagship DSLR. Right. But you're not wrong in that they like, they kind of, especially these days, they drag the camera industry kind of along with them. Um, so like, is this the DS, is this the death of the DSLR? Maybe not, because I think there's still going to be sales of DSLRs. I think there will always be purists and things like that, but. I think this is the first foot in the grave for sure. Yeah. Do you think it's going to 
do you think like because I, I have a good feeling that companies like Nikon and Nikon specifically mm-hmm. they have a really strong base of people who mm-hmm. refuse to move first of all to any other manufacturer yeah. let alone move to mirrorless so and there's I don't know they pride themselves on that stuff so I I don't know if they I think they might be one to just maybe keep like the say the the D850 like the 800 line going perhaps just just for the people or like the yeah. D6 D7 line just for those high end users but to keep manufacturing glass for one camera I mean Well that's going to be the big thing is like because all of all of the companies to my knowledge um have well okay i'm generalizing but (laughs) sony canon nikon i think panasonic um all are have no plans to continue releasing dslr lenses everything on their roadmaps are mirrorless lenses uh, be they rf or z mount or what have you yep so like there is an entire back catalog of all of these things that you can still get and are like readily available and they're still making, you know, the older lenses, but there's a level to which the tech is just going to exceed like what those cameras can do. You know, like, you know what I mean? It kind of already is. Yeah. Like there's like mirrorless, like the, the analogous here is like the jump from film to digital, which you know, right. I wasn't around for it, but like, <laughs> you know, um, people didn't want to do that either. Yeah. And like the, like, I feel like what we'll get is like a weird resurgence of like, oh yeah, I only shoot an old Nikon AFS glass or something like that. Uh, it's going to be weird. Yeah. Where, where it's like, oh, okay, cool. You know, but like everything will be, you know, cause like the stock of this stuff is not going to go away. Like lenses don't die yeah it's um it's glass, a weird metal sentence. and plastic that's yeah. around forever <laughs> the the sensors on the dslr cameras will die um, sure and like it's just like sony is ahead of the curve on this kind of stuff than the other brands but like they're all on the same curve totally you know what i mean so like yeah like i i can't foresee a world where the DSLR survives because even with like the D 800 series and things like that, like there's going to be a point and like, it's not far off where like the Z series exceeds even what the best of the best of the D 850 could do. I, and it's weird because we were so Canon released the R three, uh, not the R three, but they released uh, like information about the R three. Yeah. And that, it's funny because the only reason I bring this up is they specifically say that it is not as reliable or good as the 1DX Mark III. They're like, it is basically the same camera in an R5 mirrorless frame, mm-hmm. but it's they're like, it's not as good as the 1DX Mark III, even though the specs are pretty much the same. Which is weird to me because I'm like, in what ways isn't it as good? Like, why not just make it as good? Maybe yeah, they have why, are you, of, why are you handicapping a camera? Right, maybe it's because their R1's going to be way better than the 1DX. But either way, the only reason I bring that up is because um, it seems like in many ways they are there already and they can do that. Yeah. And they're just 
trying to hold it back because they're still unsure. And I think Sony did that too. Like, why did they have a mount stuff still? I have no idea. Well, like, cause it Sony makes no... doesn't cancel anything. Well, that's what I was going to say. They don't cancel <laughs> anything until they know that it's completely dead until they're like, we don't need this at all anymore. Yeah. And so that must mean that they're not making any money at all off of their A-mounts or DSLRs. And now that the R series, the Z series, the, I guess it's pretty much the S series from Panasonic, like they're so much better yeah. than the other, the alternative. Why would you go with a DSLR that's not as fast, definitely not as fast in terms of the autofocus and the sensor capacity or capabilities, I mean, even on like some of the high-end stuff. Yeah. It's just like, Why? And then there's there's you? one other thing I, w- I want to bring to our attention here is, and then there's Pentax, who I, yeah. I don't know if you remember a couple months ago, Pentax doubled down and said that they would only be making DSLR cameras moving forward. Uh, they had no plans to stop making DSLRs or make a mirrorless or anything like that. Um, or I guess they, they their, make a, yeah. But, they do, but they're in their own, I I. That's like if like Olympus or some or like they said like we're still I'd be like okay but that's you're in a different yeah. category than like you, you and and this is no disrespect to anyone who I, Olympus cameras are great Pentax cameras are great yeah oh yeah but they're not in the same conversation as these huge like market sharing giants yeah. like Sony Pan or a Sony Nikon and Canon if you're it, if I, and I apologize to, again to any, I love how qualifying we are right now, but I apologize to any <laughs> Pentax shooters out there. But like, if you're consciously shooting with a Pentax right now, it's because you love Pentax and you yes. don't care about being on the forefront of tech, which yes. is totally legitimate. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like there are brands, like people love their brands, like yeah. across the board. And like, like I've been a Canon shooter my entire life. Like, yeah. The idea of me buying a Sony or buying a, I don't know why buying a Nikon is such a worse kind of mentality. Because than, we've but, been around camera people. Yeah. We know. <laughs> but like, I feel like Canon Nikon's always been like, er, uh, it's a rivalry. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But like the idea of switching systems to me is absurd. I'm like, no, but like, even if it's not the best of the best out there, but like it's Canon, I'm a Canon shooter. Yeah. Um. So like. I don't know where really, but no disrespect to Pensac shooters, I guess is where I'm landing on that. But like, yeah, it's going to turn into <laughs> the same thing of I'm a Canon shooter or I'm a film shooter or I'm a DSLR shooter or I'm a, a mirrorless shooter. Um, it's weird. I Like the film comparison, I feel like isn't really apt because like when you really get down to the tech of a DSLR versus like uh, a mirrorless like it's you're all you're getting into the same sensors you're getting it's all just like the build yeah you know what i mean like it's like yeah you have that mirror box in there and like the big benefit of the mirrorless stuff is like you don't have that mirror box in there so you can get closer and better sharpness and et cetera et cetera et cetera yeah like there are reason like there are and yeah there are so many reasons why mirrorless uh, cameras are or can be better than DSLRs and there yeah. are some reasons why DSLRs are better for some things than mirrorless cameras but it's, it's weird yeah I feel like what I'm yeah. getting at is like I'm like I can make the argument of like oh yeah like shooting film is organic and it's not natural and like 
like, you know, it's, it's a, a chemical process and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, versus like shooting digital. But I can't make that same argument shooting mirrorless versus shooting DSLR. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, I mean, it's like going from like, uh, like plasma screens to like the new, well, yeah, like the new LCD to like an LED. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's just, it's newer it tech. Got, it's newer tech. It's better. There's a lot of reasons why you would switch to some. There are some reasons why you wouldn't want to, like, there's literally, it's just, it's newer stuff. There's, I don't know. There's there's a lot of reasons why you would want to move into a mirrorless system just for the, you know, technical specifications and what it can actually do. And the fact that they're they're seemingly well, most companies it seems like like the 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 third-party brands are starting to like proactively follow suit and stop yeah. doing like EF and and like you know yeah nikon mount stuff i guess it it all comes down we're getting to the same point of like just i don't want to say like planned obsolescence but like it's going to be one of those things that like it's going to become harder and harder and harder to be a dslr shooter yeah and when that happens the people that don't want to deal with that are going to switch to mirrorless and then the market share is going to diminish and diminish and diminish and then yeah the dslr will be dead yeah not yet though not yet. Oh, God, no. It's no. the beginning. It's the beginning, though. You you DSLR shooters out there still have time. You do have time. It's yes. not too late. Yes. The 5D Mark IV is still an awesome camera, guys. I swear to God, that's still It is. It's true. Camera. Although I feel like that's not the best example anymore, because I'm like, I don't know. I should go down that road. The don't. D6 is a great camera. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, cool. That I have no problem with. Like, don't get me started. I'm like, well, let's talk about the R5 versus the 5D. <laughs> M4. Right. <laughs> um, so here's the real thing we have to talk about. Yeah. That would be the uh, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Yes. And the Golden Globes. I will let you take point on this because I know you have a lot of thoughts. Well, so... Let me just, yeah, let's start by saying the Globes, the Golden Globes have received considerable backlash over the last couple years for good reason, because there have been a lot of reports coming out, um, especially, can we, can we qualify real quick? The, uh, the Golden Globes are the awards given out by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Yes. Yes. So it's, we're, we're, we're kind of talking about them interchangeably, but like. The Hollywood Press, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is the group and the Golden Globes are what they, it's the Oscars and the Academy. Exactly. It's the, that's the, that's the yes. ceremony, the celebration. Yeah. Yes. All right. So, Sorry to yes. interrupt. No, it's okay. So yes, I guess the Hollywood Foreign Press Association has received considerable backlash, um, especially the last couple of months. Because as of February of this year, the, the LA Times actually did a piece that revealed that there were no black members among their organization, which consists of 87 voting like, uh, bodies. And obviously that makes absolutely no sense. There's only one reason why that would be. And it's because they're just simply not choosing black people to be members of this association. There's just no possible way that could, uh, there's no other way that could happen. Um, and so this year, 
there have been i don't know boycott how would you even quantify this like i think a boycott would be a good word for it yeah there's been yeah i would say a boycott of the actual ceremony itself and even some like notable celebrities speaking out in you know actively against the yeah the the body as well as just the what they stand for um so then give us give us the news of the week here they they came out with their set of plans to uh increase their diversity yes and this is what this is what people have been responding to was their plan quote unquote plans to help basically counteract the lack of diversity that's going on like the ridiculous lack of diversity so they have said that they're going to try and widen the the um the overall membership and put an emphasis on recruiting only black members which you know seems like a very uh knee-jerk reaction to this that's not really like yes that's great but that's not really the root of the issue here oh that's we'll get not more the black problem people. guys that's not really the problem here <laughs> They're also going to be hiring uh, diversity advisors, which I don't know what the hell that means, really. Uh, people that are just going to tell them that they're being racist. I'm not really sure what that means. Um, and they're also going to loosen their their veil of secrecy around the, the academy, so to speak, and their strict admission policies and rules. Again, I don't know. These are all very general st- statements that they've made, nothing really specific. Um and obviously, people had a lot of stuff to say about that, myself included. It's just like a very bullshit type of response to something yes. like this. Very knee jerk, and oh yeah, we're gonna get more pe- we're gonna get more black people, and we're gonna you know, finally we're gonna open it all up. It's like no, the issue is so much further, like deeply rooted than just that surface level stuff. And um, and yeah, yeah, so so my my reading of this, like m- my thought is this reads as. Hey, this is what we're going to do until nobody's looking anymore. And then we'll kind of just like get a couple people in here and continue about our business. Uh, I don't know about you, Josh. I don't watch the Golden Globes. The The Hollywood Foreign Press for me uh, for the longest time has has come off just as like, hey, we're a group of people who also want to hang out with celebrities Um, can we, what if we made our own awards show so that celebrities would come hang out with us? Uh, that would be cool. And yeah, I mean, it's like one of those, like the Hollywood, like even in the name and like, I'm going to be making assumptions in the next few minutes here, but like (laughs) even in the name, like the Hollywood foreign press is like. Like, how is your corporation like or how is your your association based on foreign entities and like is has no like diversity whatsoever? Like, how is that even possible? Like, are you sitting there like proclaiming that like a majority of the planet is white because like that's not true? Just factually completely (laughs) inaccurate. um, You know, and like. It like it seems I remember reading that article uh, about how there were no black members in, in the Hollywood foreign press and being like simultaneously like completely surprised and 
not at all. And also surprised. like no shit. Like yeah. <laughs> it's Hollywood, man. Like, oh, of course they don't have any. Like, this is like Yeah. Um So like I I'm ex no, I'm not excited, but like I'm we'll see. Like if yeah. if what they're saying is true, cool. Um, mm-hmm. if their diversity advisors like smack them upside the head and kind of they really I mean, it's one of those it's a weird thing because you look at like the Oscars and the Academy and like two thousand I think it was two thousand sixteen was Oscars so white. Um Yeah, yeah. And you know, that like they really took that to heart and you know here we are five years later and it's, you know, our, our Oscar nominations were, were pretty diverse this year. Um, yeah, very. And the winners yeah. too were very yeah. diverse. Um, so like if they can make an adjustment like that, cool. I have significantly less faith in the Golden Globes for that kind of movement. Hundred percent. I mean, they're kind of like the knockoff Academy Awards, and I don't watch them at all either. I don't care who wins or loses. Yeah. What? Um. Yeah. I mean, the so the only reason I think that it it m- might be less of a okay look look the other way for a little bit is because they're getting real-time backlash from people who are powerful people in the industry. True. And so I don't even think we mentioned this, but so Mark Ruffalo and Scarlett Johansson and a few others publicly put statements out basically condemning them, the organization, what's been going on, the lack of diversity, just saying they're not going to uh, like be behind you or the, attend or any of that stuff. The other big ones being uh, Netflix and Amazon outright. We're like, yeah, we're not doing business with you until you correct this. Yep. And NBC also pulled out for 2022. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they're not going to air the Golden Globes. Yep. Um, and also, I thought I just thought it was kind of funny, but Tom Cruise, he won two Globes, uh, one for Jerry Maguire and one for, oh God, what was the other one? Born on the 4th of July. He returned both of them in protest. So I was like, that's, all of this is symbolic, but at the same time, I'm like, it's, like people just don't just do those things, you yeah. know. It, it seems like more of a, and even if they are, it doesn't matter. Even if it's symbolic to everyone, people are gonna start talking about this because of stuff like that. Yeah, it's getting momentum. And, exactly, and bad press is truly bad press now. I know, like, no such thing as bad press, but bad press is like really bad these days. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, which I didn't really think about until just now. It's like, no, now bad press is really bad press. <laughs> like you, you yeah. can't have bad press or you'll, you might end up in prison. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, for good reason, but I'm just yeah, saying for like, sure. Uh, yeah. Well, and it, yeah, it's, it's one of those, the Tom Cruise thing is a little weird to me. I mean, I'm on board. Cool. But like, I'm like those, yeah. those golden globes are from decades ago. Yeah. So like I appreciate the gesture, but also like I don't know. That's Well, I don't he hasn't been up for a globe in It's also Tom Cruise how long? who does, <laughs> you know, like Tom Cruise could do anything. I'd be like, well, it's Tom Cruise. It's Tom Cruise, yeah, yeah. Scientology, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Doing all his own him. stunts. Yeah. Yeah. Um 
Yeah, I I don't know. I can't tell if this is genuine or or just damage control at this point. It's one of those things, and I feel like we've said this a few times on this podcast now, of like, we're going to have to check back in on this in like a year. Or I guess with this one, it might even be longer. Like, this might be a two-year kind of like follow-up because like... Oh, yeah. If they're not going to air it in 2022, which like... I don't know when they air like is 22 is it like not airing in November of 2022 or like February of 2022. I have, oh, no, I have idea. no idea. Um, but like I want to hope that they're going to get their shit together and, and bring in like a more diverse, you know, uh, group. But, but like that's, even that's too surface level. Like it's so deeply rooted. Yeah. Like you with something with stuff like this, and this is a, another issue with the academy. It's like it's not just oh bring in more people of color. That's great, but you have to want it and mean it. It yeah. can't just be a like oh we're gonna bring all these you know colorful faces in here just because people want us to. Like you either need to get rid of the people who don't want the who who were the reason why that stuff happened in the first place. Yeah. Or they seriously need to have changed for it to have changed. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just a big show. Like that's why I'm like the Oscars. They've done better, but I don't know if it's. I still don't know if it's genuine. Like it very well could just be a like. Okay, hopefully at some point people will forget about this and we can go back to the you know. That's very true. Yeah, Oscars to white dudes. Yeah, yeah. If we if we check in in 2024. Yeah. And it's all like you know. Oh yeah, there was that one year we where we had. uh, a lot of Asian and black uh, nominees right. and winners. Yeah. Could be a fluke. I hope not. I hope they did learn and yeah. I hope, you know, stuff is going to change because of it. But Which I will say of like, well, see, I was going to say this, but then I, my brain took the next step down the, down the road. And I, <laughs> I don't know. But like, I want to say of like, like in terms of liberal and progressive like groups, I think Hollywood is, is, pretty liberal and pretty progressive yeah um at least in terms of the uh i don't even know how to phrase this but like in terms of like the the group mentality i think individually it can be problematic but um i hold faith i don't know that i do too and no i think yeah i think hollywood largely is liberal i mean a lot of the filmmakers like they're not outwardly yeah racist i think capitalism is racist and thus all of this stuff just happens because of it and it sucks and it's like you know it's just the way that yeah things have been done here and that's it takes a long time to right the wrongs of a really corrupt and like gross system but we're 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 getting there we're yeah. getting closer and we can every get, day and, and this is a whole nother thing we could get into but it's like there's a level to which like People like Scarlett Johansson and Tom Cruise, like, yeah, rebuking these kind of mentalities, like those are very visible names and faces. Like, bad press is bad press. Exactly, exactly. Word. Yeah. And on that note, should we bring it home? <laughs> yes. You wanna you wanna talk about some some recommendations for week four we got going on here? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. You want to start or you want me to start? I will start. And I will start by saying that I felt very uh, uh, pressured to to pick a, a decent, uh, high-level quality filmmaking um, 
pick this week because yours have been so so deep and so. Uh, I didn't pressure him, guys. I swear. <laughs> it's, this is completely my own psychosis, you know, pressure. Like, I, yeah, no. Um, I, I will say I, I think I got a little bit better, but I'm still in my, like, weird comedy uh, kind of world. So my recommendation for this week is uh, a 2010 film called Tucker and Dale versus Evil. It is a comedy. Uh, it's starring uh, Tyler Levine and Alan... Tudyk, um, and Katrina Bowden, um, who, who many of you may know as Suri from 30 Rock. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But it is a um, reversal on the classic, like the very, very classic horror film of like a bunch of college students go to Cabin in Woods uh, and get murdered. It's a reversal on that wherein we follow the uh, the affable hillbillies who are surrounded by this bunch of college kids that keep having accidents that that end up in their death um and it's absolutely fascinating it's hilarious um it's kind of a cult classic it's kind of a cult classic and it like it's incredible i i watch it more than i probably should uh certainly more than my wife wants me to but uh oh it's fantastic it's It's so good and um yeah, it, it's it's definitely worth worth a check out. It's playing on Amazon Prime um, right now, so it's it's super watchable. Yeah, that's uh, I'm gonna double down on that and say you definitely everyone needs to watch that movie. It's 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 hilarious and it's just well done and it's clever. It's unique. It's it's a great movie. And it's only ninety minutes long. Yeah, and it's really sup- yeah. Good. God. And it's super rated R. <laughs> super rated R. It's it's yeah. It's as any good horror movie should be. Exactly. Oh man. Yeah. All right, Josh, what's your what's uh what's your recommendation this week? So my recommendation is going to be uh it's actually a series that's also on Amazon Prime right now. It is an adult animated TV show by the name of Invincible. A lot of people have probably heard about this because it's been gaining a lot of hype recently just because of uh I think a lot of famous people have been like pushing it. A lot of famous people are in it, so that's another reason why um but basically, it is based on a comic book series by the same name. It stars Steve Young, J.K. Simmons, and Sandra Oh as a family unit. And if that already doesn't make you want to f- watch it, then I don't know what else could make you want to watch something. Um, Steve and J.K., they play superheroes. And um, I like to think of it as a cross between like Teen Titans, Sky High, and The Boys. <laughs> Sky high. Oh my God. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, that should have been my recommendation. <laughs> um, but yeah, I will say that the, the JK Simmons animated character in this looks exactly like JK Simmons voice should look like. Yes. He has transitioned from, uh, J Jonas Jameson against the superhero to Jim Gordon with the superhero and now Omni Man, he is now Ooh. the hero. He did it. He finally did it. He's got he the made, powers. He finally did the full transformation into a hero, and it's just, yeah, it's super rated R. It's super uh, graphic. Um, but I mean, Steve Young, awesome. Also, I just want to shout out some other people that are in it: Gillian Jacobs, Walton Goggins, Zachary Quinto, Jason Manzukis, Mark Hamill, John Hamm, Zazie Beetz, Seth Rogen. I mean, it's like the list just goes on and on. It's it's a fantastic, a fantastic show. I will say, not for the faint of heart, if you don't like graphic violence, don't watch 
either of these probably, but uh, <laughs> you know, if you're into that sort of thing, definitely check them out. They're they're good. That's good like stuff. I've been meaning to watch this, but that's like the only thing I've heard is it's like very very like violent. But only some like it it'll sneak up on you. Surprise violence. It's it'll sneak because some a lot of it's like, oh, this is just a superhero comic. And then you're like, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, you don't see that in a superhero comic. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, yeah, just be warned, but also enjoy because it's a great show. Awesome. All right, man. Well, we have been going for a while now. We have been. But I feel like, you know, I feel like we say, hey, these are going to be an hour long. But you know what? Strap in. Sometimes they're not going to be. Yep. Currently, it looks like about 50% of the time they're not going to be. So <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, that's going to bring us home um, yeah. for episode four of Pixel Splitters. Josh, where can people find you online? People can find me uh, on Instagram at Josh J. Fuller. And you can find me on Instagram at Willis Film, or you can find Pixel Splitters on Twitter. No, not on Twitter. Wait, was I saying Twitter? Shit. You were saying Twitter, but you can, yeah. Instagram, Instagram. Insta- well, I am on Twitter on at Will's. We do this every week, man. Okay, wait. Okay, we're <laughs> we do have a Twitter. <laughs> yes. At Pixel Split Pod, we don't use it though. So. Yes. <laughs> we. All right, that's gonna be our homework for this week, Josh. We're gonna tweet something. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But we are on Instagram uh, at Pixel Splitters. Yes, and I'm at Willis Film. Um, but yes, at Pixel Splitters at. Uh, pixel split pod on twitter um you know if you're listening to this like tweet at us things to tweet yeah um so that we can be so that next week we don't have to have this conversation about twitter (laughs) uh yeah all right man that's gonna bring us home it's good to talk to you as always you too and uh yeah we'll see you next week for another episode of pixel splitters Thanks for listening, guys.